Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How are you going? Oh, tis I, honey. I'm back in New York with a vengeance, darling. (laughs) (laughs) A vengeance? Did Boston leave you wanting to New York? You know, there was a... Honey, I was... You you see, my eyebrows are shaved. Uh Uh-huh. They they took me out And these nails. You still have these nails on, bitch. You are feeling it. You will not stop. Bunny is waving her hands like she's a fucking... She's a fucking baton twirler, girl. I've started my journey. I'm sure. That's what I said. I said, y'all got me out of here in Boxborough, rural Massachusetts, and you've made me shave my eyebrows off, put fake nails on, then you're going to put hormones in my food and, uh, and, and, and castrate me while I'm asleep for some forced feminization, honey. Although I think in my case, forced masculinization might be harder. But um, anyway, did it you was cut your fu- hair? Your hair looks short, shorter, shorter. Or no, just... it's just it's wet from oh, washing okay. it. So I would just say, Bob and I talked about this the other day. White people, y'all love having your hair wet. Are you one of those people like you get out the shower and you go outside in the freezing cold and you're like, yeah, my hair is just dripping wet. Is that you? Are you that girl? Maybe not really, mm-hmm. but the, the 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 black kids where I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, would always say that when white people get wet, they smell like wet dogs. wet wet chicken feathers. And oh, I, I was like, that one. I didn't have chickens to know what they they smelled like when they were wet or dry. So that was always 
uh, confusing. That was the thing know, growing up. We always said that white people smell like wet dogs. Okay. Well, another thing that the one time I came in and it was freezing cold and my skin is sensitive and my skin was all red when I got to class and this black guy said, "The weather done kicked John ass." <laughs> <laughs> I can't. But I I can't even imagine you in school. I just cannot. I I just picture you as the only class clown, just over the top ridiculous. Were you that girl? Oh, totally. And one, Mm -hmm. I was a class clown in one teacher's class so bad that she put me at her desk to face the class and clown. And when she would be up by the blackboard, she always had polyester. This was the 70s. Um, uh, uh, blouses, long sleeve blouses, and was sweating. So I would be like turning around to look at her at the back, and then turn around to the class and go like, "Oh, like it stank." <laughs> so of course oh they, they were in, in hysterics the entire time. It was just awful. So you've been a comedian from day one, huh? Or just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so with these new fantasy nails, have you gotten a chance to, uh, use them? <laughs> no, one of them broke and I can't wait to get them off. It's, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been two weeks. I'm going to just dip them in acetone or maybe go to the salon or whatever. But yeah. I would it, say it, for it's... your first time, you should go to the salon. Because trying to do it by yourself the first time, it's going to be really hard. You should go to the salon. You pay them 20 bucks, they'll, they'll rip them off for you. Okay, well, I broke one with my luggage today, so it's oh. a little bit like a prison, you know. Like I, I, I'm home. I need to do stuff, you know. Now, yeah. I don't, I, but so. I just say when I have my acrylics, bitch, and I get trade and trade us into it, bitch. I, you cannot tell, you cannot tell me I'm not a motherfucking woman, bitch. I open that door and I, you cannot tell me I'm not a woman with my with my fucking acrylics, honey. Uh huh. Okay, so you don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> he imagines beautiful and, 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 nails and, and I'm wearing... like hey how are you <laughs> <laughs> and you're <laughs> yes I, w- I, I, I would love that the, the, when, when, when I was doing they would do my makeup I, I would say make me look feminine <laughs> <laughs> it always freaks them out speaking about freaky our guest today is very freaky eeky spooky we have peaches christ in the house bun yes the san francisco drag legend and impresario who mm-hmm. has done all kinds of things uh with uh film showing very popular sh- uh, movie screenings with a little added entertainment that she writes at the castro theater she's been doing it for literally decades um i believe she teaches film she is a personal friend of john waters and uh she has a new terror vault extravaganza in san francisco Mm -hmm. that opens up soon and she is going to tell us all about it when did you first meet peaches uh i went back and forth uh to san francisco to perform and uh so i i knew her through hecklina she wasn't i mean she she wasn't she was never that much of a club person in my mm. view she did the legitimate venues right right okay she did the legitimate venues. and she's produced a few nights at this really cool venue with me uh in san francisco but that was long after we met okay okay so. well i'm excited to chat with her and shall we get into it let's do it 
Ebony and Irony listeners, y'all are in for a mother-tucking treat because we have the Grand Dame of Ghoul, <laughs> the sister of the scare, the illustrious, the fabulous, the legendary Peaches Grace. Hi. Oh, my God. Hi. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. Here. Thank you. Oh, Bunny, your camera just shut off. That's, I mean, you know what? Keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we're, we, we're, we were going to be talking about horror, and I didn't want to get scared by anything from the events. Of I Peach's just assumed new... she saw me and she saw me and broke out into a masturbatory fit. <laughs> uh, well, you honey, missed it before before we started recording. And she was moaning. I was like, Bunny, are yeah. you masturbating? It was no, baby, ready for me. No, baby, that was groaning at you, not moaning. <laughs> that was groaning. Okay. Well, I can still no. Jay cut out his calendar. I can still um, calendar camera. Uh, welcome, Peaches. It is great to have you on your debut here with us. Peaches is I'm a legendary so queen from San Francisco, and uh, is here to tell us about something. Did it just open, or is it just about to open? It opens next week. That's right, the 24th. Tell yeah. us the name okay. and everything about it, because yeah. you've done this for a year. It's like a haunted house thing. And well, not 2020. Do... You, you guys didn't do it 2020. Correct, yeah. That was, was right. scary it was, enough, it was honey. We didn't need it. Yeah. 2020 <laughs> yeah, was right. scary enough. We took a fucking break. But it's well. But it, before we get into this, into 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 um the haunt, the last time I saw Peaches was Peaches. You came to you and your partner came to L.A. and uh-huh. we had a nice little shin to get my home. We did. It was lovely. And you know what I loved about that whole shindig was one i hadn't really heard because you were kind of on the um dl about moving to la and so you you kept it under wraps so i actually didn't know that you had moved to la oh Uh, really i no, and I, where I would have reached out um, to you as well, but of course mm-hmm. uh, I reached out to uh, Bob and yeah. um, said, "I, I want to see you. Let's get together." And Bob said, "Okay, come over. Here's here's my address." And, and told Nihat and I to come over, and, and she was going to get keto pizza because we were doing keto. <laughs> and keto. Uh, yeah, are you and, still and, ketoing, by the way? Kind of. I mean, on and off. You know, right, I mean, okay. I did I did lose weight doing it, so I can't. Um, you know it. it, it it works, I'll say that, but it, it's, yeah. you know, it's no way to live. Um, right. It's, it's like, hard. hey, I'm going to have a bacon, cheese, mayo, pickle, fried chicken, pepperoni sandwich um, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and lose 30 pounds. I'm like, something about this does not seem right, but okay. But 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 not a sandwich because no bread. <laughs> All right, no know. bread. Like, Sorry, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You see, no, I can't even keep up. Yeah, you could have it on a uh, like a cauliflower bun or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, I loved that that evening because <laughs> what happened is I show up, we park the car, the rental car. We're looking for Bob's apartment. We're looking for the address. And we're like, God, she must live here. And I text her to say, like, we're here, girl. Okay. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be right there. Thinking she's going to come down from her apartment. And then... A car pulls up, a very fancy car. Oh, the, but it's not a fancy car. <laughs> with, with like tinted windows, and and the, the and the window rolls down, and the most glamorous driver, Monet Exchange, says, "Hey," and I'm like. What are you doing here, girl? Like, I was so excited to see you. And then you were kind of like, what do you mean, what am I doing here? You didn't, we didn't even figure out what was going on. So Work. Bob, that fucking bitch, basically Wait. invites me to your house, doesn't tell me I'm going to your house. 
in it was, true Bob you know, fashion. Yeah, but it was a lovely evening. It was very well, you lovely. Know, you, you know what? what you, the best part about that? You, Bunny wasn't there. No, no, you lost me with that story when you said that you were excited to see Monet Exchange. I mean, that's a little hard to, for most people to believe, especially who listen to this podcast. Oh, my. You know, Peaches, I've been saying, I feel like if Bunny gave the West Coast a chance, I feel like Bunny would like it. And I've, I have tried many times to convince her to do a little sabbatical over here, but she is like a stubborn fucking mule. She's like, absolutely not. Will I never? I will never. But darling... Honey, that's and that's why. Because if I moved out there, my sex life would be a little sabbatical instead of the, <laughs> the gigantic Puerto Rican sabbatical that it currently is that I've been on for several years, decades, <laughs> lifetimes. So it, 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 it basically, you're you're staying in New York for the cock, for the dick. Yeah. Okay. okay. The bar one. or the people. The the people that I mean okay. no I'm not I used to be but no it, it I t- yeah uh, it, New York is the one for me for 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 men I'm not that much of a whore these days especially not during COVID but um, anyway you have a big event coming up and we want to talk about that yes. we want to talk about everything peaches we want to talk about the events that you do at the beautiful Castro Theater and elsewhere. Yes. I want to, you know, you're obviously into movies. You have your own film, All About Evil. We want to talk a little bit about that and about you, some of your favorite horror movies. So, you know, just, just we want the whole Peaches experience, honey, because you, you, you're a virgin. <laughs> All right. Well, where do you want to start? Let's well, start with... With your event. Oh, go ahead, bun. Um, okay, so uh, as you know, 2020, what a shit show. So we um, had planned uh, to to open a show um, after our 2019 Halloween event. Um, and so, you know, it started working on it before the pandemic really hit. So the, the show was already kind of being created. Um, and in 2020, we were able to go in and actually build the sets, even though we were most likely not going to be able to open the show, which we weren't. Also, the space lets you guys do that. They were like, you can mm-hmm. you, you can put your things here. That's nice. That See, that is very San Francisco. New York, they were like, bitch, absolutely not. You When y'all, when it's ready, y'all can do it. Y'all not, y'all not occupying our space. That's very <laughs> nice of them. Well, the thing is, so so kind of to explain things, we do this event at the San Francisco Mint Building, which is like this old historic building in San Francisco. And it's myself and my um, creative partner, David Flower, who I met who doing I've known shows for in- many years from Miami. Yes. Oh, my God. Then you guys Beach. go way back. Oh, I mean, she is, you know, she is ancient. You know, I'm like, I'm chicken compared to her. <laughs> and you know we we've been working together now for for uh since 2018 and basically he and I both love haunted attractions we love haunted houses but we also really are into like producing big events and immersive theater and so this is this is a big show it, it it's a it's a, it's a it's an immersive theater show that takes the form of a haunted house so a lot of people don't get that there's a script there's a story, a beginning, a middle, and an end. There, mm. there, there, there's, um, you know, there, there's interactivity throughout the show. And it's a big show in the Mint. And so in order to be able to, like, mount the show that we want to do, we had to actually do a partnership, a business partnership, with the company that manages the buildings. And so we're actually, my, my business um, that David and I own, we basically created it with this um, property management company. And that's how I get year-round storage space, year-round build space, year-round office space. Because, like Monet says... 
in New York or San Francisco, there's no way that we could afford to do it. You know, no way. So right. it is a business partnership with the the um, venue itself, and so that's Got that's it. how that works. And so, so, so that's that, that's so important. So y'all, again, so this is not just like a haunted house. Like I I, I used to go to um uh, the one in anyone in um, Pennsylvania Jersey area. Shout out to anyone living over there. When I went to college, we would go to the Eastern State Penitentiary, and that's just like yeah. a normal like haunted haunted. It's like at the old penitentiary, you it's, walk through the uh, thing, but terror but behind the is walls. different. You yeah, yeah, then we go terror behind the walls. <laughs> yes. but yours is an actual theater experience with like a full story and mm -hmm. like lines and like 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 you said beginning middle and end. that's so cool i've never experienced something like that that's fierce yeah it's like well we were really inspired by sleep no more in new york and uh and just we love haunted houses so you know we i wrote this script for the new show the immortal reckoning um mm. and it's site specific it takes place at the mint but it's about this family who owns this huge collection of occult artifacts and so you come to see their collection like in a museum walk and then something goes wrong and a portal to another dimension is opened and you kind of cross over and there's all these you know, vampires and satanic witch nuns and, you know, all sorts of different scenes. And we love so, old and, school. And Soju's cyst pops out. Soju's oh cyst. Gosh. But there's a part where um, she, it, her cyst just sprays everyone, you know. <laughs> we, we say, open your mouths, you know. <laughs> but in San Francisco, they all open their ass instead. Yeah, that we love getting um, cysted. <laughs> <laughs> So I watched the trailer. Let me just make sure that I know. Terror Vault is the thing that you do with David Flower every year. Mm -hmm. And, yes, and you took right. a break. And so, uh, because for some reason, Monet thought it would be interesting to compare New York and San Francisco and where you could store the fucking equipment. I mean, I think people want to be, <laughs> know what's going on. So, in other words, unlike the, the, the haunted house where I would take you through, a, you know, a... a, a a path where different things would pop out. This is different because it has a plot. But so are you seated in the same place? Because no. I saw a rehearsal in uh, a little thing on Facebook. and It was basically someone, you know, popping out from behind something in a scary way. Yeah. So how, are they are they they're not stationary. They go through question. different. So y you you do move through it. It's a huge mm. show and you move through it. And there's something like 50 set pieces. Now, some of those set pieces are mazes where people jump out and scare you. And that those mazes are part of the storyline. So if you're walking through a forest, it's because that part of the show takes place in a forest. Um, but we also have moments. Um, it like might also be because you're homeless. <laughs> There's a lot yeah, of that or, or in, maybe San, you're, in you're, San Francisco. You're cruising. Yeah. Oh we do have a lot of unhoused people. That's true, Bunny. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, we uh, have also created scenes and environments where, where, where everything stops and a whole scene plays out in front of you. There's a peep show moment where you go in and Ooh. you sit in booths and you're each, you know, all of the guests are, you, you go through the show in groups of eight. And so there's four booths and it's two person per booth. And 
there's like, you know, a jizz mopper and there's neon jizz everywhere. And then a curtain opens and a whole kind of peep show happens. And this show is very adult. So there's nudity. You see dicks, you see tits, you know, you see sexuality. Mine is normally neon too. I have to have a lot of asparagus. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we, I got the chance to uh, bring John Waters through it. Um, oh my last, God. Yeah, last week. We, well, he and I, you know, I'm, I'm this huge obsessed John Waters fan. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's been, you know, such a cool thing to actually befriend someone I admire so much. And uh, we were having lunch, and I said to him, like, We're friends as well. Oh, are you? Um, No, no, you and I. I have have, have befriended befriended you. That's true, and I... That's what I I mean. When when you showed up at your own home, I just couldn't believe it. I was, like, beside myself. Uh, But, yeah, John... and I were having lunch and I asked him if he thought he would be interested in seeing the behind the scenes because, you know, I read in one of his books that he used to do haunted houses as a kid like I did. Oh. And so he said, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we brought him through and it was so much fun. And of course, he that. noticed all the Easter eggs because like we have probably, I don't know, a dozen bottles of Rush poppers that are like pre- like presented in the show but they're hidden there's all these sort of like hidden nooks and crannies sort of uh jokes that we put into the show but john picked up on them all and he really appreciated the neon jizz uh, moment <laughs> um so okay so on a scale of like one to like bunny's feet like how <laughs> scary how scary is this? Because I, I like to be scared i want to be like about to piss my fucking pants at a, at a haunted house I would oh, say that, or, or haunted attraction. Sorry, I, I would. I'll say that my goal as a as a creator and producer is to make it entertaining first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I, I do. I want to make you laugh, and I also want to make you scream. Yeah. That being said, I will say that the people who know me best um, from my drag parody comedy shows come, and they're actually very surprised by how scary it is Word. and how upsetting it is. And then I would say that my horror fans, the really hardcore horror people Mm -hmm. uh, come and they're like, oh, I wanted more. I wanted it to be scarier. So I think it depends. I mean, we have people who have panic attacks and have to be, you know, extracted from the event. And then we have people who just And that's when they see the cover charge. The panic (laughs) attacks. That's true. I mean, there's moments in the show where you could be you know, we'll, I don't know if you know Monet, but we do the same thing that Terror Behind the Walls did. And we got actually got this idea from them, from our friend Amy, who worked over there, where we um, uh, offer a red glow necklace, which indicates to the actors um, that you consent to being touched or grabbed oh. or pulled out of your group or meant, made to do things. Um, and so there are moments in the show where if you've opted in for the interactivity and you're wearing the red glow necklace, you could be locked in a coffin. Um, ah! You know, you could be sorry, electrocuted. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we actually have these wands that shock you. I mean, you know. It, oh, it, it, I'm it, into it. It could be, You better come up. I hope you come oh, I was, up. I was just about to say, Bunny, for Ebony, would you be interested, or Peaches, you tell me how, how this sounds to you, yeah. Bunny and I would get in drags, and we would do the experience with like a little like self, like very with GoPro camera? X camera on yeah, us yeah, doing yeah. it. We'll, Bunny, are you well, down to yeah. do that? Um, well, uh, I live in a haunted house. <laughs> At my age, I live in one, so. <laughs> I'll do it by myself. I, I, I don't mind going alone. I'll right. do it. I'm Peaches. Like, let's set that up. I would totally come film it. Oh I'll my put God. it up on my channel. Like, yeah, I'm so down. That sounds so oh. fun. 
that would be a you dream know, come true. We filmed Roma going through it. Roma and Malay, Malay Balenciaga. So I'll, 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 Malay. I'll, I'll send you that video. They're they're both really funny, you know. But we strapped okay. those yeah, cameras on them. But I would love to do it with you, and I. Oh yeah, I'm down. And, maybe maybe so, I can drag drag Bob to do it. He'll he'll maybe he can come with me. And, and, and did you think of having one little vignette where, you know, there's a patient, um, with a intubated as if he's in the dying stages of COVID and then he sits up and coughs oh in everyone's face. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't want to jump, you know, I don't want to jump in and start designing your shit, but I, I, you know, okay. So bunny, it's funny that you say that because I was really, really obsessed with this sort of a uh, notion of, um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but there's these haunted houses that are created by the religious right. And they're, they're, there's a sort of a, a chain of them and they happen every year and they're called it's called hell house and oh baby i went when it came to st anne's i went in st anne's in brooklyn where they did it as a joke this thing is a mess and at one point it's really <laughs> hokey and and i mean i guess low budget at one point to scare you away from abortion there's a woman on a operating table with her legs open and some fucking giant aluminum covered salad are headed towards her pussy to give her the abortion. <laughs> no. and, but my absolute favorite was when you walk through this hall and these little different things pop out. Bitch, one of them was a fucking fag with AIDS wasting face makeup oh, on who was oh singing God. Broadway in a top hat. No. Show way. tunes. Yes, I absolutely died over it. I mean, I, I, I will <laughs> die over it. But no, that killed me. It was so... Because they were that presenting it in New York, it wasn't religious, but if you're like out in the boonies or the Bible Belt, this is actually presented as something, you know, to, to keep you from sinning. Yeah, it's, a, it's an crazy. earnest thing. It's an earnest Religious thing. Religious people are wild. Oh my yeah, God, Monet, watch crazy. this documentary about it. It's called Hell House, and it's a documentary about the churches that put it on. And so I, I actually thought to myself, like, oh, it'd be really fun to do, like, the alternative to, like, to Hell House. Like, in the documentary, there's a whole gay nightclub scene, and they show all these people <laughs> dancing, and then they have the same... The same uh, people but they're like different actors wearing the same mm -hmm. costumes in a hospital ward you know in the next scene and uh you know the finale of the whole thing is that jesus comes and they all pray you pray at the end of it i'm obsessed oh, with it I, so... I pray when my boyfriends come too <laughs> they I don't it would be great to do like uh you know to do our version of it you know what scares us you know yeah um, you know that so it's so good think, yeah and your mind like, you know, you're so fucking brilliant in the way you fucking write write this shit it would be so funny and so good oh uh, thank you i yeah I, I, but the, but the like the anti-vaxxers you know just walking around and spreading covid you know all that stuff like to create sort of the opposite uh sort of narrative yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so I, I do have a question. So just so just get a date. So it runs from um, September twenty fourth to October thirty first yep. up in the Bay Area. Yes. Everyone, go check it out. And where where can we find out more information? Is it is it, is it peacheschrist.com or is it the exact? It's actually terrorvault.com. Terrorvault. Terrorvault.com. Yeah. Terrorvault.com. 
Word. So you can check and it I'm out. I'm definitely going to do the video. I'm coming. I'm doing it. For, if if uh, Bunny doesn't do what I want to do with me, if Bob doesn't want to do it, I'll come do it by myself. And maybe I'll do it with uh, Nikki Jizz. She seems like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Nikki would be great. Uh, Bob yeah. better do it. So, Bob, you know, I have to say thank you. I told Bunny this. Thank you so much to, to both of you for having me on this podcast because I've been trying to get on um, Sibling Rivalry since it started. But Bob has told me repeatedly that Monet refuses to have me on. And now I know that that's not true because, look, I'm on I'm on Monet's other podcast. So I think I'm going to confront her. Like, I, I yeah. need to have an intervention with no, her. I told you, you Monet suggested it. And I said, wait yeah. until Halloween when she's presenting that shit. Oh, my yeah. God. Thank you both. I think I, I mean, I, I don't mean to air my dirty drag family laundry, but <laughs> I think my drag daughter is a cunt. You know oh, what I mean? She's like, a bitch. Yeah. She's a nasty fucking bitch. <laughs> and not and, and, and not even like a pretty bitch, like like Gia Gunn or something, like an ugly, nasty bitch. <laughs> is, is, so are you talking about Bob the drag queen? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a question for you, Peaches. When yeah. did, like how did you when did you become like were you always a haunt enthusiast? Did you always like mm. horror and gore or did this like develop over time? So um honestly, I think and I've talked to my parents about this as well. I can really obviously trace my sort of love of drag, which I get asked about a lot, which I'm sure you both do as well, which was the discovery of John Waters and Divine, especially because mm. I grew up in Maryland. It was really life-changing and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So like I have this really specific narrative about, okay, drag for me is infused with cult cinema and that that's my origin. But as far as horror goes, um, I don't remember. And my parents say it really is as far back as they can remember. So I always liked spooky stuff. I always liked Halloween. I was always attracted to whatever was a, a ghost or a ghoul. And mm. like when they took me to Disney World the first time, I was terrified as, as a really little kid to go in the Haunted Mansion. But I had talked about it for the months leading up to it. So my mother dragged me kicking and screaming and said they, they thought they were going to get thrown out of the park because it was like child abuse. But then once I you know went through the Haunted Mansion, I didn't want to go on any other ride. Like I didn't want to leave the Haunted Mansion. So I think right. some of us are just born spooky in a way and yeah. um, and just to have that sort of uh, attraction to horror and things. And um, you know, old, as I get older, I realize, especially reading a lot um, about horror filmmakers in particular, um, Wes Craven uh, kind of did, did a great analysis where he said that horror filmmakers, in his opinion, tended to be the most empathetic, sensitive people who actually have tr trouble dealing with the real world um, and the horrors of the real world, you know, and the, the horrors of the news. And so we kind of live in this fantasy world where we can kind of exercise our fears of the world. And I'm like, oh, that connects with me. I think that that makes sense. Like, I actually find, you know, a film like The Hurt Locker, you know, to be to, almost too disturbing. Like, I can't watch it. You I've know, never seen that. Is that real. a scary movie? Isn't that like a Sandra Bullock mm -hmm. movie? No, it's 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 a movie about war. It's the movie oh. where they 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 uh it's so it's so real. You know, there's nothing fantastic huh. about it. Like, they dismantled the uh bombs, you know, um that there's squads that go in in Iraq and dismantle these bombs that have been placed. So, like that to me is is real horror. Um, whereas yeah. like Freddy Krueger, you know, I I, I you know I I can kind of revel in the the fantasticness of it. Gotcha, gotcha. Hmm, interesting. Well, I never. I mean, I like. Go ahead, sorry, Bunny. Because you go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted you to tell us about um, you know some of your 
large scale, you know, theatrical productions, often incorporating the drag race queens, uh, everyone from Raja to Jinx to Latrice to uh, Monet. Hopefully not Monet. Yeah, but, uh, uh, Bunny Bob. Hello. <laughs> and, uh, because, I mean, you know, I saw one in New York uh, the, with Jinx, the. Um, the um, Grey Gardens. Grey Gardens one. And I mean, they were like, you know, eight dancers and i mean it was like it's it's, it was like a big production tell us about some of those because you often base them on you know you do like a spoof of a well-known movie so Mm -hmm. tell us about some of those so sure like that all the genesis for that all goes way back to when i um did midnight mass which was this this movie event i did where i would screen movies and do a drag show before the the cult movie and um and you know, I started that event in 1998, and one of the one of the kinds of events we did was sort of a, a sketch comedy event, um, where I'd write a parody scene from the movie. You know, whether it be Showgirls or Faster Pussycat Kill Kill or whatever, and have drag queens act act out this parody. And then over the years, it just grew and grew and grew to to the point where we were doing like more than a, a sketch comedy bit. You know, a 15 minute bit turned into a 45 minute bit. You know, <laughs> and 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 then it was like okay, we're doing full fucking shows. Let's do a full show. And so we did a couple of them. Uh, one was called Poltergeist, you know, in the early days. Oh, and, um, you know, we, we we had a lot of success with those. And it was obvious that, like, San Francisco especially was really hungry for drag theater and that the movie parody, especially the cult movie parody model um, was was working for me. And I and I love movies. So it just grew and grew and grew. And we grew out of the bridge theater where we were doing our shows. You know, that was a 400 seat theater. And we grew into the Castro theater, which is a 1400 seat theater. Um, and so, and it's it's it, a, it's it's San Francisco's most you know <laughs> marvelous you know old school grand yeah. theater. Yeah. I mean, it's right in the Castro Gay District, and it's uh... it's basically like a movie palace. And there aren't very many of those left. Unfortunately, there was sort of this heyday of cinema, you know, in the 30s and 40s, where they built all these movie palaces in every city in in the United States. I mean, even small towns had these giant auditoriums, but especially any major city had these gorgeous movie palaces with ornate, um, you know, uh, fixtures and architecture and, you know, decorations, and, and almost all of them are gone. But the Castro still stands, and it's pretty much remained untouched, including still having under its stage, you know, a massive pipe organ that lifts up out of the floor and, you know, uh, an organist plays music as the audience is entering. It's really kind of a special place. Um, Go ahead, Monet. (laughs) Go ahead, Monet. Make a cheap pipe organ joke. Go ahead. A a massive organ joke. I, I wasn't. I was going to make, you know what? I'm not even going to say that. And these events over the years have featured guest stars like, and this is really a wonderful list, John Waters, Cloris Leachman, Nell Campbell, Linda Blair from The Exorcist, mm-hmm. um, Apollonia, gotta know about that, Pam Greer, the only actress who I own every movie of. Because <laughs> um, you really? Yes, honey! For decades, uh, uh, Elvira, cool. um, Mink stole. T- tell us about Pam Greer. My God, what what was that? 
And then also well, for the kids, for the for the for the kids listening who may not who may not be like caught up in super, it's like all these all these shows that you've seen um, girls advertise. Like Bob and I did Bring It On Queen, um, Trixie and Katya did uh, Tr- uh, Trixie and Katya's High School Reunion. Um, uh, uh, they did Femulin with Raj. I didn't even realize and, uh, that they went to high school. <laughs> no, no, with Raj and uh, no, Femulin's uh, was. Um, Ms. Cracker, oh, Fifi, Cracker. and uh, Detox. And Detox, yeah. So all of those really fun shows. Bob did um, Legally Black. Um, yes. So there's just, they're, they're parodies of like iconic films. Well, that's racist. And, and, and real. And they're, they're really funny. And Peaches writes all these things from top to bottom. And she's a super amazing, gifted, talented writer. And I always said, oh, why, have, why has Drag Race not hired you to write scripts instead of those... And I just I get I get so passionate about it because it would be amazing to have Peaches Christ write the scripts for Drag Race. Yeah, I mean I you do it for a I, I don't know how I don't know how to say this. Uh, I don't know if I'll get in trouble, but that that ball was rolling a few years ago. Oh really? Um, yeah. So um, and, and it got it, it, it stopped rolling, um, and I probably shouldn't say you know why on, on air but but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it wouldn't happen in the future um gotcha. but but yeah like it what th- th- that was going to be a thing at one time um and, and then this is something else i probably shouldn't say but uh <laughs> you know i'll just say that maybe that maybe that wasn't the only drag uh competition reality show that that had that idea and maybe oh. maybe that will maybe that will play out in a in a, in a way uh soon somewhere else you guys um, heard it here first an ebony and irony exclusive <laughs> but well, um yeah. While you're saying things you, you shouldn't say, yeah. I know that Raja was a quick study with her lines. <laughs> oh my God, you're such a bitch. Uh, I, I'll say this. I'll say this about um, everyone. She that's wasn't come at to all perform. stoned, and she took to the part. Uh, and and the 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 weed use certainly did not impair her memory. <laughs> For her lines to such an extent that she had to have large cards with them written on them the way a senior citizen actress with Alzheimer's might. Oh my oh God, my you God. are so Bessie. nasty. Well, Bessie. since you since you since you're gonna since you're gonna bring that up, I will say, and I will I will come to Raja's defense greatly because uh, we did a show called The First Wives Fight Club that I actually co-wrote with Farla G. Merman. She and I have actually co- co-written a few shows. We did one for ourselves called The Whining. That is actually maybe one of my favorite shows I've ever done. Um, ever. Uh, and uh, anyway, we did this first Wives Fight Club um, mm-hmm. show and Raja um, played the lead. I had spent time with Raja in Provincetown and Varla had as well and just fell in love with Raja. I just loved her so much and really was just so, um, I find her to be really like magical as cheesy as that I sounds. I love like, Raja. Yeah, she's I recently just, started hanging out you? with her too. I love her. Yeah, she's just such a, like she's just really great and she'd said mm-hmm. to me, I'd love to be in one of your shows someday and often that's all it takes. Like I tend to cast the girls whether they're on Drag Race or not, um, based on, you know, having an affinity for them and I actually, uh, you know, really feel like I've never put anyone in a show 
um, that I haven't believed in. And the problem, I think, with Raja uh, and, and the, the experience she had is, is partly my fault because, you know, this is how these shows go, as Monet knows. You are flown into San Francisco on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You have three nights of rehearsal. Stoned. And then you have to, then you have, now I don't know that she was stoned. I mean, I guess, I guess you're assuming she was stoned. She didn't appear stoned. Um, but, Honey, but, I'm stoned yeah. now. I don't care. But you appear to be. I'm um, stoned now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she, she got in her head um, in, in a way that is totally understandable. Like It's fast. She, it's fast. Yeah, she, she would, she would mess up a line and. And she would, you know, she felt the weight on her shoulders. And she's not the only one to have this experience. In fact, there was a pretty well-known actor, who I will not name, um, who, when we made All About Evil, had to have cue cards, you know, as well, um, to get through the day. So it mm. does happen, you know, from time to time. And, and I will say that Raja, when we, by the time we got to Los Angeles and we did the show in Los Angeles, she was phenomenal because... She had shaken off her fear of what it was going to be. You know, when yeah. someone's just in their head, we, we've all been there, right, as performers, where yeah. you're like, you build this thing up in your head and you realize afterwards, like, I totally fucked myself. I, to- I took all the joy out of it because I was just in my head the whole time. And she, yeah. she was yeah. unfortunately having one of those moments. Yeah. And for all um, for all you guys listening, Renny is currently lighting up some meth as we're doing this episode, <laughs> Peaches and I are literally. It, she, she forgot her camera. She thought her camera was still turned off. Oh, I, I put my. I put, I put my. Do you, you know what? You just said something that resonated with me. You said that we we do a project that's maybe maybe a little different for us, mm-hmm. and then we get so wrapped up in it that we mm-hmm. it, we take the joy out of it by seeing it as oh, do I want to stretch out in that direction? Do I want to try? You know this new thing. Do I want to put it on? And I just did that in a film, and I didn't quite understand where some of it was coming from, and there was mm-hmm. also a difficult German in German opera to sing, mm-hmm. and I could barely pick. It's a duet, so I was having a hard time, like you know, getting the lip sync. Because by the time they both get going at the end, I was like, "Am I the alto? Like I even know what that means? I know altoids." Oh, she closed the computer. Anyway, she'll be back. Wow. <laughs> Literally this every is, time. I, I, I can't even imagine, Monet. I, I give you a lot of credit. I mean, I adore, adore, adore Bunny. But while she's not here, we can talk shit behind her back. She is one <laughs> of the wildest people I've ever worked Crazy. with. Now, I'm I'm completely in awe of her. But I Same. wish so, someday when she's not here, we just gotta, we've just got we got to trade stories. Because on the Drag Queens of Comedy Tour backstage, I saw her rile people up and do things... That were just amazing, you know. She's insane. She is insane. <laughs> oh, and then when, when she comes back, I want to talk about the story with um, Lady Red and the chicken. When she comes back, because I think that shit is hilarious. Oh <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, so my question is, when when are these shows coming back? Like, is there? Do you have a date for the first one? And like, what has that process been like coming out of COVID? Like restrictions. Mm-hmm. Will will it be full capacity? All those things. So good question. And actually, this is kind of like uh, just evolving as we speak because. We uh, were in, in San Francisco, myself, Jinx Monsoon, Ben De La Creme, Hecklina, mm-hmm. and we were rehearsing for um, a, a show, Drag Becomes Her. We were, oh, we were doing it at, yeah, we were doing it at the Castro Theater. Um, and we've done that show before. It's a really popular one. Um, and, and that show was scheduled for March 14th, 2020. So as you can imagine, that's the weekend that everything in the world shut down. Yeah. 
And so we never did the show, right? And so we, and so I haven't been back to the Castro for a show, one of my shows since then. And that will be the first show we bring back because there are people who very generously are still holding onto their tickets. Gotcha. Bunny's oh, back. You're back. I'm sorry. That's all right. Oh, you're all good. So but, but I, want, I want to finish my thing. So I had to learn this t- difficult operatic song, and I went through all this. Oh, is it worth it? Why did I get myself into this? And then I learned it. Because I wasn't going to be up there on film not nailing it. And, you know, the people that were watching it were like, oh, my God, opera diva. I was in tears. And this was this thing that I didn't even know that I could do that I tried. So you're totally, totally, you know, right. It's it's very good to get out of your... um, comfort zone when you're a creative type and and yeah. and have a task that you need to do especially with the kinds of crazy um theater that i tend to produce you have to accept going into it that things are going to go wrong right like there's no being you know it's not drag race there's no there's no there's the, you cannot have that sort of um pressure put on you because you just have to accept and the other person i'll say that that was really intense uh, as far as how should i say it wanting things to be perfect when i was trying to tell them they're not going to be was actually coco peru the first time we did um, you know, a show together. She is used to having total control because she's used to working alone and, and you know, being in, in charge of everything. And she's a perfectionist. And she came to do a Peaches Christ show. And I thought she was going to quit. You know, I thought she was, I, I, she was just like, what? This is how you do it? And at <laughs> one point when we were in New York, you know, the tech went so bad. She she looked at me backstage and was like, I, I don't know how, how there could even be a show tonight. I, I, I don't see how there, you know, she was very much, you know, um, de- deciding that it was going to be a failure. Later that night, uh, we had a standing ovation. People loved it. Yes, things went wrong. It was stupid. You know, we're out at a diner with her husband who was in New York with her. And he is quiet through the whole dinner, not saying a word while all these people talk about how much fun the show was and how great they thought it was. The next morning, we're checking out from the hotel and Rafa, her husband, comes over to me and says, Peaches, I cannot tell a lie with his, his fabulous Spanish accent. And, and Coco goes, Rafa, no, Rafa, no. Uh. And, and Rafa goes, Coco called me from the theater yesterday and forbid me from attending the show. She did not want me to see it. So I stayed in my <laughs> hotel room. He didn't go to the show because, because, because she was so weird. Of, she of, she oh was. My a, God. She thought. She thought we were creating the worst disaster of her career. <laughs> <laughs> Asked her husband, who's what? in New York. I mean, that's a level of. Oh, I mean, no. I love Coco, but it's like, come on, girl. But yeah, my shows are. Wild. They're a mess. They're. It's a shit show, well, and my, I, I mean, embrace so- that. You know. What what we have to always preface any discussion of Coco Peru with is that she's mean and she's old. <laughs> Thank you, Bunny. <laughs> okay, so, she's uh, just she, in I mean, case have you, the, have the you listeners seen don't how know all of her yet. <laughs> okay, this is the thing, Bunny. You're really you're really Hurry treading up, in she's dangerous. She's gonna die. Get to know okay, her. Okay, so. 
So here's a perfect example of how Bunny and I's drag generation can say stuff like that, and we all know what it means. But Monet, of course, uh, it's no reflection on Monet, but let's face it, and, and I know I'm going to offend people who are listening, drag race fan culture is not actually very sophisticated. And, you know, there is this, <laughs> there is this sort of... Um, there is this what sort do you of. Mean? Um, I, what do you mean? Some of those rusicals are pure Tony <laughs> material. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's the thing where the drag. And it's not all Drag Race fans. I'm a fan of Drag Race. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching the show. I'm a fan. I just feel like there's this sense now where. Uh, especially with the internet and the popularity of Drag Race, you know, people are literally attacking Coco on the internet. I don't know if you've seen this because I she reads that. Bianca. A, a, few, a few months ago, right? Like a, a month or two ago? Yeah, I saw that. Yes, and I'm loving it. So when Bunny says, like, that Coco's a cunt and old yeah. or whatever, um, it's like, Bunny, you do realize that there are people listening who will be like, yeah, she really is. Have you seen what she oh, yeah, wrote to sure. Bianca? Well, I, th she's, I think she everyone really in here, every Bianca. one of her audiences would be included in the people who think she's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's her shtick. She's bit bitter. It bothers me. You know, I mean, that's but her, you know, her shtick. But, 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 but you know the truth is behind behind the scenes, she's like the sweetest, sweetest person ever. Her and yeah. that fake fucking leg. Her and yeah. that fake leg, girl. Oh, yeah. So, you, so that was hilarious, right? So <laughs> Monet is out there telling the world with, <laughs> all of her, with all of her platform, with her millions, who her listen. legions of fans that Coco Peru has a fake <laughs> leg. <laughs> Bitch, I thought, I really thought. Um, but wait, before we get too far away from it, so yeah. the first show back that you'll be doing, will will it be... Death, yes. uh, drag becomes drag her. Become, yeah. So, so we're working on that. And and the good news is I've been having conversations with the Castro, and it'll be early 2022. We're looking at February, and okay. um, I, I, understandably, you know, they're they're, they're reluctant to. Um, book things right now at full capacity because uh, of everything that's going on. So we're taking our time, but I, I don't want to do any show, any big show until um, we get to do that one because that's the one that got canceled, you know? So it feels like mm. it has to be the first show back. Yeah. 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 Um, well, maybe you could do a show called COVID where you pipe <laughs> COVID in and they get COVID and then they have the antibodies and they can come to all of your shows at full capacities. Oh, Maybe I think that you know that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I mean do, that's do, basically you the, getting getting vaccinated, right? But but you know that that's what the anti-vaxxers or or some anti-vaxxers like to center on the fact that the antibodies protect you more than the vaccines. If you've had COVID and you have the antibodies for a month, two months, whatever, it really, like if I had COVID and had the antibodies, I would actually have sex for the first time in two years. But um, I mean, of Five. course, no one is suggesting everyone out go out and get COVID so we can have the antibodies because we don't even know how long they last. But apparently they do, they are more effective than anything. And, and we, ugh. I can't even imagine. As, as I mean, I, I'm I, I, I'm a performer, not always an event promoter. I can't even imagine the the nightmares, you know, and, and stuff like that. I mean, are, are San Francisco actually got better though, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we we did really really well at the beginning. Uh, our mayor was really conservative, you know, shut things down early on, and then actually um, uh, had a really uh, dark 
period around the holidays, like December, January, where, where mm-hmm. COVID really spiked. Um, but now we're doing really well um, because yeah, I, think, LA is uh, too, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think both San Francisco and L.A. have really high vaccination rates. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I just saw this map of California the other day. I uh, saw it w- with the with you? A yes and no. Yes. Yeah, so, uh-huh. so it was like basically everywhere that the uh, Newsom recall uh, w- went through, meaning they voted to recall our governor, has mm-hmm. huge high COVID rates. Right. Shocking. And everywhere that um, Newsom was voted to to remain in office, um, you know, the COVID uh, rates are very low. So there is this this bizarre politicization of our of this whole pandemic and healthcare thing that's just sort of surreal. But I have to say, I thought it was well, it's uniquely, horrible. It's, it's horrible. horrible. It's a nightmare. And I thought for a while, like, because, you know, we all travel a lot. And so I think one of the yeah. things that's a gift of being a performer who gets to travel is you realize like you you don't live necessarily in the best country in the world the way that we're always taught that we are. But I will say that, you know, I, I on the flip side, I sometimes now get so down on our country living here. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this country? We're so fucked up. This is awful. Um, but having um, a partner who's from Turkey, you know, the same thing is happening there. You know, so we're not the only country who's politicizing the vaccine or, you know, science. And that is so fucking scary. You know, this is like yeah. happening a lot of places. Oh, everywhere. It's 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 fucking yeah. nuts. A few months ago, when you came to my apartment and we were hanging out, you were telling me this story about you and Bunny on tour for the Queens of Comedy and Lady Red Couture. Can you please? <laughs> and I, I, I try to tell it. Everyone knows I have a horrible memory. I forget shit literally in well, the moment. Well, so, I mean, Bunny probably oh, so, remembers. So you're like because... Raja in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the way I, yeah. I remember the story is we were, I think we might have been in New York. I don't remember. Maybe you remember Bunny. But um it, it was this thing where they had ordered dinner for us. Oh, no, we were in Chicago, I think. And um, they had ordered dinner for us. And uh, Bunny ordered dinner and put her dinner someplace. Like, she, was, <laughs> she didn't eat it right away. And, really? Um, which is, just, stop the I, press. Okay, I, 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 I don't believe it. I really don't believe it. No way. I know, it already sounds like a huge lie. But, um, but uh, all I remember is being in a dressing room where Bunny came in asking everyone, did you eat my whatever it was. I think it was a steak. I don't, I think it, I don't think it was chicken. I think it was a steak. And um, finally, it kind of, it, it was kind of revealed that it was Lady Red, uh, rest in peace, who, who was so wonderful and so sweet. And, and Lady Red did eat, <laughs> did eat Bunny's dinner. And what I remember is like Bunny yelling something along the lines of like, you know, I'm fat too, you bitch. You know, so, something, <laughs> you know, like, how dare you eat my dinner? It was, it was kind of an amazing showdown. Oh, well, honey, an- another thing that was insane was when that show was in New York and um, <laughs> the, yes. and Lady Red had the major hots for Bob the Drag Queen's assistant, Louis. I heard about this, And there too. was almost like a there was almost like a moment um, where <laughs> Lady Red would not let up. And this was kind of in the moment of Me Too. And we were like, girl, are you really like grabbed? I mean, I don't know all the details, but it was like, you know, here she is, this... <laughs> You know, extremely large trans woman with like yeah. a size 16 converse. And then she's going to let you know that she definitely wants you. 
Yeah. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Luis, uh, who's Bob's assistant at the time, is like a teeny tiny guy. And, tiny, uh, you bro. know, and, and, and Lady Red. Yeah, Lady Red was definitely one of a kind. <laughs> and I really, I like, well, for one, I think a lot of people don't know if you watch um, Hey Queen, you don't know necessarily the scope of her star quality. I think a lot That's of right. people, um, you know, uh, would come to Drag Queens of Comedy almost kind of going like, oh, I'm, so, you know, they like Lady Red, but they didn't really know what she was going to do on stage. And I I'll say that if you, you missed the shows, she would go out there, usually at the top of the show, and she would fucking kill every time. She was both yeah. funny and she had an incredible big singing voice, you know, and oh, really, yes. you know, I know she could sing. You know, yes. Oh my God. She has a cover. It's Adam Joseph featuring um, Lady Red, a, a cover of that 80s song, Ain't Nothing Going On But The Rent. And uh, it, it that song is really incredible. Gwen Guthrie, it was like a Paradise Garage hit that was huge when I moved to New York, but they do it. it. It always needed a little pump, and they mi re remixed that, and that song is incredible. It's, really? I play that all the time. Of course, I play "There for You" by Monet Exchange. So, no, Lady Red was incredible. We we do we do miss her, and uh, what a what a character. Yeah, yes. what a character. Yes, she was. She was, she was I, I I never met her. Only I've only seen her digitally. But um, any anyone, everyone who talked about her always has great things to say and how sweet and amazing she was. So, um, sad I didn't get to meet her, but you know, she she was her. really one of a kind. Like one of the other things uh, I really remember about her, which I really like, especially in this era of everyone trying to tell people what they can and cannot say or be or you know how how they can and cannot identify. I remember meeting her for the first time on the set of Hey Queen, and she came into the dressing room, and I was pu putting my face on. And and she had like a face of makeup on, right? Like huge eyelashes, and like you know she she uh, you know had foundation and some lipstick. And she sat down and she was like, "Oh, girl, I got I got to get into face." And so I looked at her and I was like, "Well, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, you're you're already in face?" And she was like, "Oh no, I'm full time drag." And I said, "Full time drag? I, I've never heard of that before." Like, I, oh, so I said, "So you're trans?" And she was like, "No, I don't, I don't." think so i'm full-time drag i'm like okay uh what does that Word. mean full-time drag she was like well it means you know this is how i uh, how i look all the time but i'm gonna put on make i'm gonna put on different makeup for the show i said so huh. like if you go to the gym you're wearing those huge eyelashes and i'll ever forget she looked at me and she goes bitch you think I go to the gym? Like that was that was like that was her response. And so from then on out, I was like, it doesn't matter what the fuck she is, she's just fabulous. And like when yeah. she would show up at the airport and be in her full time drag look, and we're talking Lord. huge lashes, beat face, you know, hair, a moo moo, whatever. These huge, you know, giant sneakers, seven and feet eight tall, eight feet tall, yes, and probably I mean, over three hundred pounds for sure. And, and when you're talking about those lashes, you're talking talking about not 301s, not yeah. long lashes. No. You're talking about the literal 
four inch long clown separated <laughs> lashes that yes. she wore and she could call it drag or whatever but she had giant boobs so i yeah. would consider and she never you never saw her not dress as a woman so whatever she calls it i think most she, she did refer to herself as trans too she yeah, was outrageous she did. she did i i think i just appreciated that you know in our world in our community there's this there was this time where Trans folks, non-binary folks, cis people, like we were all drag performers and kind of all existed under the same umbrella. And certainly that tour, it very much felt that way. Um, And the other thing that was hilarious was that like our seats were randomly assigned, you know, on the the airplanes. And somehow Coco always got squished next to Mama Red. And so (laughs) (laughs) the look on Coco's face whenever you'd get on the flight, oh, it was just great. Bitch, I just took a flight back from uh, Florida the other day and I was in the window seat because I didn't get upgraded fuck my life and I'm in the window seat and I mean this man he it was like three of me combined was in the middle seat and then the guy on the end was like two of me combined so it's like it's like it's like the large version That's of me by the window crazy. the triple xl me in the middle and the double xl me on the aisle and i was when i tell you i spent the entire time squished up against the window the guy started falling asleep on me his elbow was in my stomach it was the worst flight of my life and i hated it so much that's why you should always fly first class anyway d- d- that's true. had you not ever met silky and eureka <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you should do you should do uh, um uh uh an oliver parody food food glorious food with silky <laughs> well i i so I, de- I never do parodies of things that are known as musicals so i do oh. things like you know like i like bring it on queen is bring it on is a musical but i'm parodying the movie the whereas movie. if i did like a parody of something I love, like Little Shop of Horrors, you you can't really parody the music in a musical legally. It, it's oh, not considered okay. a parody, you know. Um, and so you would you would open yourself up for um, you know like a lawsuit. So oh, yeah, I was that, how did you get around yeah. that? Because everything I do is considered, I, I make sure I'm within the lines of it being a parody and things that are protected um, as free use. So there's a God. standard set for drag performers to lip sync to other people's music um, and that that's been accepted, you know, um, you know, for, for decades. Um, but if I go ahead and do a, a parody of a musical and use the music from the musical, that would be crossing a line. I wonder how that happened. What was it like? The Supreme Court versus Quiggly Bubble Pants drag queen from from Denver. You know what I mean? Like, how, like what what fucking Supreme Court case was that? I don't know that there was ever a case. I think it's just that thing where it's just one of the, it's just not been challenged, and it, maybe it will be. I mean, that's the other thing with drag becoming so popular, um, and, and and concert tickets now, like dra- drag queens being able to sell tickets. Um, you know, in, in a way that they've never been able to historically, you know, maybe one of these music licensing companies will will actually say, hey, you're going on tour lip syncing and mm-hmm. selling this many tickets, you know. Um, so I, I hate putting that out there in the universe, but, you know, that that, that is one of the problems of progress are, are that things that were once underground when they, you know, become popular, you know, it, it yeah. changes things. Yeah. 
And that, that, during 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 the pandemic, Bob and I had an episode of the podcast where we were talking about like parodying Hercules the movie, and we're like to make it like COVID version. So it would be like, "We are the flueses, goddesses of disease." And da, da, da. I was like, "Peaches should do a parody of Hercules," but now that makes sense. It's a, it's more like a movie, but it's not it's not a musical. It's a movie. It's not a mu- so you could do that one. Yeah, that I mean that's true. Although I haven't done anything um, animated before I, that I can think of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought your stuff was low energy. Oh, you mean an, an, a parody of an animated show? <laughs> it is. That is very, very true. I mean, it, it, you know, one of the nice things about my shows is, you know, in The Whining and Return to Great Gardens, I I've, I put myself in bed for the whole show, and whatever happened to Bianca Del Rio, I'm in a wheelchair, and she she has to push me around. So I'm a, a, a like kind of a fat cunt when it comes to casting myself. <laughs> No, no, honey. Seriously, I mean, you make uh, Joe Biden look like a spring chicken. (laughs) I mean, energetic. It is true. It It is true. I'm always impressed by your energy, Bunny. I have to say, like, I mean, and this is like not even me being funny, but like, I watch you do your dances and and snap your fingers and all those twists and turns and 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 manage to keep that giant, you know, helmet on your head. And I'm like, I know, I know how she keeps her wig on too. Yeah, that's. I know how fucking hard that is, you know. So uh, you, the, you the face do is hard me. too. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so speaking of Joe Biden, you had a quote decades ago that made me admire you so much, and I, I you know, my political beginnings were, you know, pretty much hating George W. Bush and, you know, saying we need to go in the direction of Obama, who was, you know. Uh, promising less wars didn't really deliver on that, but at any rate, you started a you filed something to name something after George Bush. Do you yeah. remember this? Oh yeah, very well. It was it, it turned out to be a much bigger deal than I realized. So in in the state of California, if you get enough signatures from um, registered voters, you can really put anything on the ballot. You know, in a lot of states, <laughs> the, the, a lot of states don't work that way, right? So. Um, it could either be a state level um, initiative or, or a city level. And so this was for the city and county of San Francisco. And we got enough signatures to put a measure on the ballot that was to rename um, the sewage plant here, the, the water <laughs> treatment facility, after George W. Bush. Um, so it was, the end, it was the end of his um, you know, uh, term. And there was a and it, and it made it and it was on the ballot. Should we, the citizens of San Francisco, rename the whatever blah 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 water treatment facility the George W. Bush sewage plant? That's that was Love the ballot. That. And um, this was a really interesting experience for me because it was the first time I'd gotten sort of national attention as a drag performer. And of course, because of what it was, um, I, I I had become an example of what they call. Uh, Oh God! What did they call it? Nancy Pelosi values? Uh, so like I was used. I was actually used by the religious right. Peaches Christ and pictures of me, you know, were put in their own um, campaign pamphlets, and it was re- really interesting uh, kind of experience because I had never really been overtly political, and even this was more like performance, you know, art mm-hmm. comedy. Um, but of course, there was politics behind it. But what changed my mind about it and why I kind of dropped it with my friends who I was doing it with was when the union uh, that represents the workers met with us. 
they asked for a meeting. And so I went to the meeting and they said, we understand what you're doing. We love the statement you're trying to make. We're San Franciscans, but we actually are one of the best um, water treatment facilities. Like we're basically <laughs> one of the best sewage plants in the country. We take our work and our, 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 um, you know, we, we, this is our life. Like we're, we're full-time workers here. Do not name this place after that asshole. Do not do this to us. Wow. And that really moved me. Cause I thought they're right. You know what I mean? Like shit is better than George W. Bush. Like the, the work it takes to, to treat shit is more important than anything he did. And you know, that, I, I don't know. It was just, it was a kind of an eye opening moment where I was like, yeah, I don't want to name it that, you know, yeah. then we're stuck with that thing. A reminder. I of love him. that. They're like, listen, our sorting through this shit, making sure that shit is not getting into your water supply is very important work. We work hard. Do not, do not, do not, do not scandalize our, yeah. Our plant with that fucker's name, they better do it. Basically, that's, right. that's what they said, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean that that makes sense to me." Yeah, yeah. And, and then you you, I mean, it was one of my favorite drag <laughs> activism. Even though, you, as you say, it's just a joke. But you know, I'll tell you something I don't like is that now George W. Bush just gave a speech on nine eleven, and he has been recalibrated to be acceptable by many liberals. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this to see him palling, I mean, he's a war criminal. He mm -hmm. lied us into the Iraq war. Uh, you know, he began the longest war in U.S. history. The, and he's out giving a speech at 9-11, which, of course, happened under his watch after he had ignored warnings that planes would crash, you know, be used, uh, you know, or, or that uh, Osama bin Laden was going to planning attacks. I, I mean, who would have him speak at 9-11? He did not keep us safe from that. And Republicans are supposed to be the, you know, the harder core, you know, uh, uh, national security ones. The only mean, one is convenient, girl. Convenience. Peach, I am vowing. I am going, I am I am saying it on this podcast. I'm doing it. I'm going to get dressed up in drags. I'm booking me a first class ticket because I will not be sitting next to Triple XL Monet Exchange on a flight out to <laughs> San Francisco. And I'm going to get in drags and I want to do the experience. I think it's going to be really fun. Yay! Oh my God. But, I, yeah. That's so great. So sure. you, tell you us the dates. Here, and, tell us okay, the dates so and the website and all of it. Okay, so September 24th to October 31st, uh, it's terrorvault.com, and we're presenting a show called The Immortal Reckoning, and part of your show includes a ticket to the Fang Bang Bar. Uh, we're having a full bar, all the alcohol, 80s goth, new wave oh, yes. dance music, vampires, and, uh, you know, so it's a whole evening of entertainment. Uh, and yeah, terrorvault.com. And thank you both so much for having me on. Um, of course. I, 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 I'm so glad that we cleared the air about why I haven't been on sibling rivalry. Um, but I, 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 <laughs> Your I, own yeah. drag daughter. Your own drag yeah. daughter, Peaches. I know, it's evil. But Ebony and Irony, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it, it's evil. It is, yeah. Um, but I love you both. And thank you so love much you for so having much. me. Enjoy Peaches. She's just such a nice lady. That is a she's like a very kind lady. She is, and she's also a talented lady. We didn't get the chance to talk about her film, All About Evil, which of course is a play 
on the name of the classic Betty Davis film, All About Eve, a very campy classic. Mm -hmm. If you want to see a fine film, see um, All About Eve. And if you like horror movies, see All About Evil, too, because uh, it's, it's it includes Elvira, a.k.a. Cassandra Peterson, Mink Stoll, who is a, a legendary John Waters um actress in many of his films so um that's uh she's an important dragon on the yes, west coast I, and I, she's I, lately doing her shows all over the place so I, I i hope she will bounce back fully from COVID as we make our way out of this fingers crossed wait Finger have you ever done one of her shows Yes, yeah, she would. No, not as a guest artist, but um, she, I've done, uh, she produced a night of my show um, when I, in San Francisco a few years ago. And we've toured together on the Drag Queens of Comedy. Mm -hmm. If you had to parody, if you had to do one of her parody movies, which one would you do? You know, my knowledge of movies is uh, pro probably I'm thinking, Babe. I'm going to think too. Babe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Bun, bitch of mm -hmm. the city. Or I would do Mask as the son, not as mask. Cher. What the fuck is Mask? When Cher had a son with a big crazy face, that's finally a role I can do out of drag. Mask. <laughs> I know, I her her Cher's son was deformed. Oh my God. And had like a, a hideous mask. Oh my and we, God. And we could tie it in with COVID. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm looking at the images right now. Oh my God, buddy! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are fucking demented? Are you gonna tell me I don't look like that? <laughs> well, I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> wow, um, I so can't. I uh, no, I like old movies that Peaches would know, but. <laughs> Um, you know, I like, I like, oh, there's a movie called Lady in a Cage, and I'd love to do Lady Bunny in a Cage, but no one knows the original. It's so demented and sick and wild, and, you know, it's just... She should do the birdcage. Oh, my gosh, she did the birdcage as one. That would be a really good one. Mm. With Robin mm. Williams, Nathan Lane. Oh, honey, check out the original. That one, the one in French. That one with Nathan Lane is not feminine enough to play that character right. After you see the first one. What? No, 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 no. I'm not saying Controversial he's butch. Opinion. No, I'm not saying that he's butch, but he, okay. When when you saw the original in French. Lacage. Yes, Lacage Fall. You knew that that man was a woman. Nathan Lane is goofy. He doesn't have right. the essence of a woman. And and so in okay. the other in, in the original ones, you understand why everyone is pussyfooting around. Oh, because uh, you cause cause they because they generally think that he's a woman. Uh, well, he's a diva. No, I don't mean I mean I don't mean physically, because this has the essence of a female diva, old star, you know, you know, runs the show. This was someone who you didn't disagree with because this was the big bitch. Got it. Okay, well, now and, 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 watch and, I'll, I'll watch the, the original. I've never seen the original. I've seen, I've seen like see, uh, in in college and stuff. I've seen like scenes from the from from the musical, but I've never seen the movie. No. Well, the one who plays the transvestite maid is actually a straight actor in the La Caja Fall. Genius. You know the maid. That's yeah, very Agador, funny. Oh my God! That in the original, that is a scene stealer, and I think he's straight. 
Is the character straight or the actor no, straight? No, the character's are like a drag queen, okay. crazy oh, okay. maid. But the but the in the original they were straight. But how they nailed that gay? I mean, they could be a closeted gay. But I recommend that everyone see La Caja Fall, and it does have subtitles, but it's okay. worth it. Well, this wraps another episode of Ebony and Irony. Thank you all so much again for tuning in and tweeting at us and telling us how much you're enjoying the show. We really, really, really appreciate it. It's so nice to get positive affirmations from our adoring fans. And we love, love, love it when you tweet at us with suggestions for future topics because we really love ignoring them. (laughs) <laughs> also also be sure to go on apple podcast and rate our podcast it really helps us out i don't think you understand how much it does help us out so we'll keep on saying it uh because when you guys do it it really really uh gets us together shall i read some reviews bunny i haven't i haven't oh, read them in a little while n- please i haven't i haven't read them either you haven't read you haven't read them ever <laughs> <laughs> oh wait here's one I had COVID and Ebony and Irony made me feel worse. (laughs) (laughs) This is from BC1919. Monet and Lady Bunny interview excellent guests. Both are hilarious and beautiful inside and out. Such a great podcast. Love my New York City queens. I am so glad we have blind listeners here. This is from Isaiah Lowe. Absolutely love the podcast. I listen to it every day on repeat when I work my dead end, life sucking, no advance job at Amazon. Damn, Girl. Isaiah. Well, listen. Damn. Anyway, thank y'all so much, and keep on keep on rating us on Apple. We are we are we have at this point one thousand one hundred and twenty two ratings. I mean one thousand one hundred and twenty ratings. That's good. But let's. I think we can get to. Okay. Two thousand. By the end of the year. If y'all can get it to 2,000 ratings by the end of the year, I will do the next episode. I'll, I'll do the first episode of 2022 naked with just um, my dick on the microphone. And I will just slam it on like. Okay, I won't be here for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you'll be too busy uh-huh. masturbating. Yeah. And mm-hmm. coming everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank you, guys. What a note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Podcast Network.